another episode of Respect the Process is back, and it's a big week. You were you were walking in, and people are addressing you in Go Vols. Yeah, I mean, it the is, one. Here, here's the amazing thing. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, earlier today as yeah. we're putting this together. I was there last night. I didn't hear Go Vols one time in the 20, 18, 20 hours that I was in Knoxville, mm-hmm. but I got it as I walked in yeah. here from a guy. You better get it in quick. You're not going to have much more time, and then hopefully it'll go back to like it was for 16 years okay. prior to the other day. So last, last week I said, can we count on this offense to win a game? And lo and behold, they had the sustaining drive, mm-hmm. great pass, you are watching it, and it's still maddening at times, but I felt like we watched the offense mature. Yeah, I agree. To to do what they had to do on that final drive, as was the case with a different quarterback, different team, different opponent, but it happened against South Florida to mm-hmm. finish that ball game. Um, in essence, they did that against Texas A&M, but the game Saturday um, – I was impressed with what they did late after not being very impressed on basically every drive in between Mm -hmm. from the first one where they got three to the last one of the second half when they they got the the clock to run out. Basically no points, but played keep away. Those two were really good. There were a few in between in the first half that were nice, but tough second half. But there was, to me, a shining moment. It was third quarter. Uh, it was third and three, and they were inside the 20. Mm-hmm. Milrow back to pass. He's looking, he's looking, and it almost, in, you could see him thinking, if I force this, it's a pick. Yeah. And he just, and I was like, I think that was a moment sure. right there where, again, it's coming to him in increments. It, it is. Um, still, what, four or five sacks yeah. that they gave up, and, you know, two, three of those are on him. You know, it's not the offensive line, even though they've got their response, share the re- the responsibility and the blame. But he did a nice job, uh, by and large. But there's two or three where he held on to it too long. Now, um, help me. No picks, no turnovers mm-hmm. Saturday. So better in that regard, protecting it better. Uh, the throw he made to... Good grief, I'm drawing a blank on when exactly it occurred, but he had a he had a third down pass where he's backpedaling and I mean barely, barely threw it over the defender's yeah. arms. I'm I'm watching from a box in the end zone, the north zone, and you're watching it looks like he has thrown an interception. And it, it looks like it just barely gets over the linebacker's hands or head and uh, as it turned out when you watch it through the camera it was a perfect throw but really contested he's making some nice throws he's got to avoid making the big mistakes and I think he's doing a better job of that because you know I can't stop with a movie reference I love a good movie reference and I was I was thinking about this that we're going to Days of Thunder with Cole Trickle and Harry Hogg and we get to about the Maybe first third of the movie. It's not going well. And they sit them both down. And they have to figure out a way to communicate. Because what Cole's telling Harry, it's not working. And I kind of feel like maybe Jalen and Tommy 
are still trying to figure that out because Jalen is a redshirt sophomore. Tommy's yeah. still pretty young. He's yeah. in in the coaching world. I sometimes feel like the two of them are still still trying to get trying on the same get page. Because also, I feel like if Jalen maybe were not a redshirt sophomore and were older, he might be more confident and assertive yeah. at times when he knew to make the decision. We talked about this last week, two weeks ago. I can't remember when it was, but. If this were the the old days or even five, ten years ago, everybody's talking about how great Jalen Milrow is going to be. But because we are we're coming on the heels of Jalen Hurts, Tua, Mac, and then Bryce Young. Yeah. There's no patience anymore. No. Because it's been We don't rebuild, we no, reload. No, we reload. And uh, that is the that's the mindset of people. But Jalen Milrow is starting to get this better and better. Now, look, he goes 7 of 10 in the first half, but he goes 8 of 11, excuse me, 3 of 11 in the second. So he's, he's clearly got to get better uh, and more consistent for them to be who Bama fans want them to be. But we do see flashes that things are definitely improving on the good days, and the bad is not as bad as it was earlier in the year. The incompletions aren't good. There was clearly not as much confidence. But there's not the same number of mistakes that are that have resulted in turnovers that we saw earlier. That is knock on wood, that is getting better and it's it's got to against Tennessee if they're gonna come out with uh, with a win. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how they respond to this. And can they because they did. They dodged a bullet, the defense did the job for them and they got they got the ball back, and as we said, bled the clock at the end of that game. But um, I want to see them in this type of environment against this type of opponent where you're taking a major step. It's, it's not done, but you're taking a major step towards Atlanta mm-hmm. if you can find a way to get this one done in Tuscaloosa. Should we expect more from the wide receivers? Mm-hmm. I'm... I would say consistency, uh, discipline is not too much to ask for. But I think they're producing at a pretty decent level. Um, Are there too many wide receivers and running backs? Are are we not getting enough reps for maybe the top four? It's a good question. I think that pretty much plays itself out. Um, who's getting the separation, but also Jalen's, you know, going with where, who he's confident in. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it was, I think it was uh, Blake Sims where if he didn't see Amari Cooper open, he was just going to go ahead and, <laughs> That's right. you know, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to run it or I'm going to throw it yeah. away. I'm going to look at Amari. Then if and Amari's then... not open, I'm going to buy some time and I'm going to look see if Amari's open Again. and then I'm just going to yeah. run it. Not a bad formula, by the way, but uh, I do think he can get too locked in on on one guy, and Jermaine Burton's been been that, and then Jermaine will struggle with some stuff. It's not even live ball stuff. We talked about it. I'm not going to yeah. continue to go there, but the it's more dead ball stuff with Jermaine that can be an issue for him, but super talented, and if he can continue to play at that level, yeah then this team's got a chance to be really dangerous going forward. 
I mean, one thing about the offense, not one thing, several things about the offense, but one thing in particular, they do not have a great deal of sustained drives. The defense is on the yeah. field a lot. Either Even big plays can get you off the field in a hurry. Exactly. So it's, you know, to the defensive credit, not only are they getting it done, they are on the field a lot. A lot. Well, they're, it's a pretty deep group. Yeah. Uh, not as deep when you didn't have Malachi Moore last week or for the last game and a half. How but, does he look for this week? Uh, here's what I would say there. If you see him in uniform, and we did on Saturday, right. even though he didn't play, if you saw him in uniform, that means he's at least trending the right direction. Um, and I know that was a tight game, and, and Coach is going to play a guy. If he's ready, he's not going to play him if he's not ready, regardless of who the opponent is. Mm-hmm. But the reality is he is, I think, in greater need this weekend than he was last week. So you get him healthy, you get him back to where it's not just able to play in the next game, but if he's really healthy, then he's able to, to sustain things where he can play yeah. further going down the line. So hopefully you will see him, um, and I would be a little surprised if you don't. In the, in the Nick Saban show that y'all did this week, and I watched this week's, not last year's, but I watched this week's. <laughs> Sorry, just so, don't, that. Nice, believe me. Nice reference. Uh, Coach took time out, and he made a statement to not just college football players, but football players of all levels in talking about the face mask penalty. Yeah. And he made a point to talk about how it not just affects you, it affects the whole team. Change the game. And I thought that that was very poignant that he made such a point to do it in the show. And you have to, I have to imagine the point he has tried to make to his team. It was so interesting in all of that is hearing him say, I guess, during the press conference on Monday, he tries to send a message to the team, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Coach Bryant used to do with his television show. Mm-hmm. When there was far less, I'm not going to say media coverage, but media accessibility right, yeah. and the immediacy of it. For most of us growing up, watching the Bear Bryant show on Sunday afternoons at 430, that may be the first time you saw highlights of an Alabama game mm-hmm the entire weekend. If you weren't at the game, it wasn't televised. And keep in mind that for so many years, up until early 80s, you could only be shown on the regular season twice a year on television. That was an NCAA rule. So seeing highlights were a big deal. So people are watching Coach Bryant's show, and he absolutely used that platform to talk to the players, knowing they were going to be watching, to the coaches as well. Mm-hmm. Mal Moore talked about that and, and how he knew if you got called out on the TV show, coach wasn't happy because there, was there was a play where there was a missed tackle or whatever, and, uh, or it, I guess would have been offensively, so it was a drop ball or something. And he goes, that's not the way we teach it here, Coach Moore. Oh, Said by it name. flat out. By name. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. So that show was used to send a message. Nick Saban talks about how he uses his show for that very same purpose and in making statements so that they're hopefully heard by players, by coaches. 
um, and by everybody else to try to get everybody on the same page and the mindset going the, the way that that he wants it to go. And yeah, I, I think that message can be received, although he said the halftime message wasn't very yeah, well received. He said, we'll just ball that up and throw it away. Well, it's that fine line of trying to find some nasty in uh-huh. a team and also maintaining poise, yeah. not hurt. And, and we talked about it earlier with Jermaine Burton of celebrating with your team versus celebrating yourself right. and getting a penalty. Mm-hmm. And also, this team is not in a position to be able to get away with a penalty like that. No, they're not. The The margin for error is not the same. Yeah. I think this team can be, I think this team can win a national championship. Mm-hmm. I do. I think they're good enough to do that if they continue to grow, build, stay healthy, and catch a break here or there. Yeah. I do. I think they're good enough to do that. The margin for error is not what some of the other teams have had, though, right. that have won titles or been in position for that. So I think it'll be very interesting to to watch how that all plays out. And obviously, Tennessee coming in to Bryant-Denny this week. I've heard. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it was on the news. Yeah. Read it, uh, I, read I think it, it was in the newspaper, probably. Uh-huh. But, you know, historically, this is a big game for the fans. Right. This is a big game third Saturday in October. Right. But for you, I, I'm just imagining as someone who plays for Alabama at this point, it may not be the same thing as next game up or next man up versus it being this is Tennessee. Yeah. Look, I don't know that many games mean the same thing because you have so many guys from different parts of the country, some guys that are one-year players, others that are four-year guys. Uh, I just don't know. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I think what – we thought of as rivalry games and big weeks, big games. I don't know if – I'm not saying they care less about winning, but I just don't know that those things historically and traditionally mean as much as they once did. They're not playing Rocky Top every uh, day. Probably not. They might. You know, they may do that when they're going to oh, play yeah. them on the road because it helps you acclimate to that. Right. But it's not something that causes you to see fire when you're – a kid, because a lot of those kids don't know. Some do. Mm-hmm. Some of them absolutely do. I think it's it's bigger for the adults like yeah. me that that know the history. That have people stop you in the hall. There have people right stop you yeah. in the hall, but also, um, you know, when Alabama won sixteen straight, and there's all the conversation about, you know, does it mean the same? You know, does it still matter? I'm like, heck yeah. I remember what Tennessee did. I remember what Phil Fulmer did. Mm-hmm. You better believe it's one thing to lose and have somebody beat you, but when when somebody tries to destroy you, yeah. then you don't you don't forget that. And sixteen wasn't enough. Seventeen would not have been enough. A hundred and seventeen may not have been enough. Yeah. But the reality is, they got to smoke cigars last year, and. When I went to Knoxville, one of the gifts I was presented was a cigar would, to be you, ready. Would you would you smoke a cigar? Absolutely. In fact, when I was having all my health issues, uh, I was coming off my stroke. It was before I had the bypass surgery. Jay Sharma was my physician, yeah, and he nice. said, "He goes, do you?" Uh, I said, "Jay, what can I do to avoid another stroke? Yeah. What can I do to avoid this?" He goes, "Well." Chris, your your background says that 
the stroke was a total fluke. He goes, do you drink? I said, Jay, I'll have a bottle of red wine every two, three weeks. He said, that really doesn't count as drinking. Do you smoke? I said, absolutely. One cigar every third Saturday October <laughs> at that time for 12 straight yeah. years. I said, I intend to keep doing it, certainly as long as Nick Saban's there. Yeah. He said, well, that doesn't count as smoking either. I said, good, because I'm going to keep doing it. That's right. And uh, I will, I, I know where the lighter is. I know now where my cigar is. And I will be ready Saturday should it, uh, should it go the way I want it to. It is amazing, I will say. It's been a long time since I've smelled cigar smoke where I didn't think it smelled very good. And when I was in Knoxville last year, it did not smell good. Putrid. I can, it was I can only awful. Imagine. Awful. I, I know you just came back from Knoxville literally just now. Uh, up there giving State of the Union addresses or, uh, yeah. I mean, trying to rally support amongst the, uh, the Crimson that do live in an orange state. You know, the, the thing that was really cool is that that is one of the, the biggest... Uh, and best chapters and financially strong alumni chapters for the University of Alabama anywhere outside the state of Alabama. Mm. And they give a lot in terms of scholarships. They do a bunch of events. Um, you know, I was joking with them about being missionaries. You know, they're, they're uh, <laughs> trying, to trying, to spread, yeah. trying to spread the word uh, behind enemy lines. And, um, you know, they I wasn't going trying to encourage them. They were... They were just spitting venom. They were ready to to get a win. They yeah. were glad to have anybody wearing crimson come join them, and, and they've got a great group, and, and it was fun to be with them. But, man, they don't need encouragement. They're ready. They smell blood, and they want it. Well, and, you know, the Tennessee game is big, but almost over the past 10 years, the LSU game yeah, has become— I agree. 10, uh, 20 years probably. Because it's got, I mean, you know, we had the emotion there for a while of yeah. Saban versus former team. Had before that, you had Saban at LSU versus Fran at Alabama. you never forget, if we'd known then what we know now, we wish that Nick had mopped up the floor with I him. Know. But, but, you know, Fran beats him pretty bad and then has a finger in his face afterwards. And, you know, we foolishly liked that at the time, never knowing that that guy that he was pointing the finger yeah. at would be one of the greatest coaches in the history of college football, and he would be ours. But it is interesting that, you know, that game has, has elevated. As, I mean, uh, Auburn will always be there. Sure. Um, you know, LSU is right up there. I'm not saying Tennessee has diminished at all. It's just it's a, it's a different animal. To the younger fans, I think, they, I think it has. Yeah. To the old guard, and I don't say that disrespectfully, but people older than I that, that remember when Tennessee and Alabama were, yeah. were parallel and General Neyland uh, and, and Coach Bryant uh, that go back to that real history a long time ago, it, it means a lot. But I think, again, for people like myself and maybe a little bit younger that remember everything with the NCAA yep. and Phil Fulmer's involvement and, uh, again, the belief that he didn't just try to beat Alabama, he tried to destroy Alabama, yeah. that uh, to have them uh, be on the wrong end yeah. of the score so many times in a row and to have these struggles that they've had. And, uh, <laughs> and meanwhile, they have Spurrier lobbing grenades oh, from a distance to just again, it keep was so, stirring the pot. It was so much fun to have Steve Spurrier yeah. do that. All of those things, I think, factor into why that one is still big and that one's still personal. Mm -hmm. On the field, LSU... Uh, has certainly had much more on the line mm -hmm. than Alabama-Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, Alabama-Auburn, it doesn't matter what's going on. It's right. always going to be Alabama-Auburn. But 
in the recent history. It, it's been much more competitive with LSU, but this one means a lot coming up on Saturday. Now, we know that uh, Tennessee, they're going to they're gonna be headhunting. Mm-hmm. They're going to blitz. Right. It's Alabama trying to figure out how to slow this down. And that's been an issue, whether it was South Florida yeah. or whether it was Texas A&M or Arkansas and will be the case against Tennessee. They've got some talent there. Uh, they can absolutely create problems. Can Jalen hang on to the football? Mm-hmm. Um or in this case, get rid of it sooner, not hang on to it, without a change of possession occurring, but also giving him enough time for those deep throws where he has been so good this right. year. And can the, the receivers for Alabama create the separation that they did against Arkansas and, mm-hmm. and certainly against Texas A&M? That's going to be a big question mark in this one because they will absolutely try to spend the day in the backfield defensively. Do you have a favorite one? A favorite game to call? Is there is there a favorite one that you kind of circle on your calendar? And for say, me to do the play by play for? It's a fun um, you know, I won't do the play by play Saturday. Yeah. Um, this year it's tough. It was it was really cool to go back to College Station and to win that game the yeah. way you did um, at the end as they did the year before, although slightly different, but, but a lot of similarities to that. Um, calling my first Iron Bowl last year yeah. was something I will never forget. It was unbelievable to get that opportunity. Um, the bowl game, because it was the Sugar Bowl, even though it didn't have a championship on the line, uh, with it being Bryce and, and Will's last game, mm-hmm. last time in a Bama uniform, and and again, it was the Sugar Bowl, and, and growing up, watching yeah. that, knowing what it meant, and, and still does mean a lot. But those were very special for me last year, and hopeful that there'll be many more yeah. like that to come. I think I've got two more left. I'll have um, at Kentucky, and where else do we go on the road besides Auburn? It's a good question. I've got two more left, but anyway, I'm just uh, I'll show up. I'm, I'm, I'm at every game, and okay, I'll yeah. sit or stand where they tell me to, and and do what I'm told to do. But this is, um, this is a time of year where it's really, it's going to be really important. Every game will matter, uh, but even though it was a loss, getting to be there and broadcast for Alabama mm-hmm. against Tennessee was yeah. something that meant a lot. It just really sucked afterwards trying to fight the crowd and get down to the locker room and do yeah. coaches' TV show. Well, and I think going back to what we said, this is more of a revenge game in terms of, I would have to imagine, the team looking yeah. at it versus whatever jersey it is. They lost to Tennessee in Knoxville yeah. last year. And it'll be the same way when you play LSU and Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Coming up in just a few weeks as well. Both will mean an awful lot. But, I mean, with the exception of Malachi, they've stayed freakishly freakishly healthy yeah. so far. Yeah, so far. But, again, it only takes one and the wrong one at right. the wrong time, and, and things can look dramatically different. But still, I think a lot of optimism going into this week. I mean, No doubt. I mean, it should be. Yeah. Now, you can't be ridiculously optimistic and think that no matter how you play, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, this is not the year when... Lane Kiffin brought a team in from Knoxville that 
was boy, those were easy to hate. That was it was easy to hate, but they they were far inferior yeah. to Alabama. Bama played terrible that day. Tennessee played as well as they could, and it still wasn't good enough to get a yeah. win. If there's as much of a disparity in how you play, then that way will go. It'll go the way of Tennessee because there's not as much of a disparity in the talent level yeah. as there was back then. So this is one where you definitely have to play well. You can't help the other side. But if you play your best, then Alabama's best will be good enough to get a win. Is this what you always wanted to do? I mean, not this yeah. show. Not this it's, show. I've always wanted to do a show with you yes. on a web-based yes. platform since I was seven years old. Exactly. That was the case. It was the vision. Um, sp- being a sportscaster is something that I've probably wanted to do since I was around four or five years old. Mm-hmm. I used to pretend that I was Coward Hosell. Yes. Because that's what Perfect. I thought Howard Cosell's name was. Sounds good enough to me. Um, I have people that have known me since I was a very small child that say I used to always talk about being play-by-play announcer for Alabama. I don't remember that. I remember talking about wanting to be a sportscaster yeah. and being on TV. But there are some that swear I talked about being the voice of the Crimson Tide one day. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm beyond blessed that I get the opportunity that I do. It's fun. Um, this is a job that if I was doing it at a half dozen places around the country, there are some others that are in a similar vein, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't mean as much because it's not home. Yeah. You know, I've been a Bama fan my whole life, and that's pretty special. But it's a bigger deal to me, frankly, because of people that have known me for any length of time mm-hmm. to see the, the kick they get out of it. Absolutely. And I can go back to people that have known me truly my whole life, but people that you and I have known or worked with mm-hmm. in our careers that, you know, I interned at, at what was then WBRC6 before yeah. it was Fox 6. It was still an ABC affiliate. Ron Grillo, mm-hmm. uh, who was there long before you, but, but Ron helped, you know, gave me the opportunity to intern. And I was around uh, Rick. Uh, Carly was the sports director at the time. And I was actually at 6 interning when Mike Rada came to Birmingham from Cincinnati. Yep. So I worked with those guys. I've known those guys, and they've both been very kind. They're among a long, long list of people that have said, you know, it's really cool to see where you are and what you're getting to do. And for people that have invested anything in me, whether it was uh, time, talent, emotion, prayer, whatever it may be, uh, for them to take some ownership in whatever level of success they may think that I've had, then I'm really grateful they get to share it because I don't believe I get to do what I'm doing without other people pouring into me in some way. Well, and not only do you get to do it where it's home, it matters. It, it means does. something. It does in a big way. This is, a, this is something that year in, year out, yeah. Alabama is in a conversation for some sort of national championship, be it football, basketball, baseball. There, there are a lot of uh, places where doing the job that I do is really cool and a lot of fun. There are very few that historically mean what Alabama does, yeah. especially football. But the brand of the Crimson Tide uh, is so iconic. It reaches so far. And within the state, it, there is such a passion for it that it is, I do still pinch myself. can't believe it, I get to do it. When did you get your first start? Like, for, what, what, was your, oh. what was your entry level? 
I, I really have to attribute it to Montevallo and being a student. University of Montevallo, a um, broadcast news class, broadcast produ or news production class, where I got a chance to anchor. Mm -hmm. Uh, that same freshman year also was in sports production where we literally televised men's and women's home basketball and volleyball matches mm -hmm. um, on a local cable access channel that might have gone out to 3,000 homes. Yeah. I don't know how many it could reach, and I guarantee you 3,000 people never saw it at one time if collectively during my four years. But it was it was before the Internet, so cable access was still relevant. Yeah. It mattered because it was one of your few options mm -hmm. that you could find. And so broadcasting those games, the coaching staffs were so good to me at Montevallo and patient with me because I had no clue what I was doing. I got to learn on the job. Nobody taught me how to do play-by-play, -play, but they gave me the skills. They they helped me with writing and, and gave me opportunity yeah. that, that led to me getting those chances, but also working for a uh, I said nobody was watching the TV. Nobody was really listening at all to the radio for an AM daytime only station called WBYE. I tell people I'm so old that my boss, my first boss was Benjamin Franklin. I seek those out. Was, Come on. Yeah. That was his name because Benjamin <laughs> Franklin. And he seemed that old, bless yeah. his soul, but he was very kind. And, and I'll never forget him sitting back behind his desk saying, you're my sports man. So I'm... I'm doing sports and got, look, it just gave me the entry to go and cover a ton of things that I couldn't have otherwise yeah. and put me in places where I was around real professionals who I would, you know, kind of follow what they did, the ones I really liked. I tried to emulate the ones that I didn't. I tried oh, to stay exactly. away from what they did, but it, you know, got to meet so many people in the, in the market that were so helpful to me down the road and getting yeah. my career going. You create your own luck. That's what my dad always told me. Okay. Dad was a wise man. The harder you work, the luckier you seem That's to true. be sometimes. That's true. Okay, so would you say that we, uh, this weekend, would put the score in the 20 to 30 range or above 30? Oh, I will take 30 right now okay. and start looking for a lighter. I'm not saying that's a guarantee, but I'd feel very good about my opportunity to light a victory cigar if I saw 30 for the Crimson Tide. I like it. Okay. So we can look for you this weekend in Tuscaloosa. Look for On me. the Nick Saban Show is also doing the pregame and postgame interviews. Correct. Correct. And we can also find you at? ChrisStewartOnline.com and also uh, Twitter at CStewartSports or X, whatever we're calling it. But uh, do a podcast normally early in the week, a very brief uh, podcast. It's on the, the website and on the social media platforms and excited to get a chance to do that before we really dive yeah. deeper into stuff. Thanks to your hard work and setting things up every oh, week. Oh, stop it. But next we can find you in the carpool line. That's because, right. Uh, if I get there in time, we, we will. We will get you there in time. I'm headed there. But before we leave, we need to at least have one before you light a cigar. With, I'm going to practice. You know, okay. It's important that you stretch. So this is me stretching and Roll Tide. For Chris Stewart, Kelly Hunter, respect the process. We will see you next week.